T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It is Sunday, May 29th of Memorial Day weekend, 2022. I'm Blaise Olson. This is Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. The week and weeks behind us have been a roller coaster full of political news. Tons of ebbs and flows and curveballs. All came to an alarming, screeching, tragic, horrific, awful place this week with the shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Gun policy and gun politics are as polarizing as any issue in America. And yet, at this time of tragedy and horror and the unthinkable we still have keyboard jockeys and senators and presidents and legislators and governors that go straight to the policy and the politics and there's plenty of that there's plenty of tweets there's plenty of posts there's plenty of the usual responses So let's talk, let's sit down and talk over coffee about how to find some common ground. Because the parties aren't going to do it, the politics aren't going to do it, and we're in a campaign season where just two weeks ago I was at a Republican convention where their candidate apologized for his changes in views on guns. And now it will be a topic for the campaign trip. This week we'll have two guests, Rob Dorr from the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus and Rashmi Centurativa from Protect Minnesota. When we come back, my take on what it's going to take for Minnesota and America to wake up on guns. We're back on Sunday Take. The topic this week is gun politics, gun policy, and why nothing changes. And what has changed over time? There is not an issue that proves that we are more stuck as a country than guns. And gun policy and gun politics from the left, from the right, from the interest groups, from the social media posts, to the 
founding document of the country, of governance, the Constitution. Look, I'm a fairly strong absolutist when it comes to the First Amendment. And so I can only relate to the absolutists of the Second Amendment under those same principles. What did the founding fathers want? Well, the founding fathers didn't know about hate speech. They didn't think about that. They thought about government oppressing speech. And the founding fathers did the same on guns. They thought about governments oppressing people to stay in power. Well, the fact of the matter is that that's exactly what the Democrats and the Republicans and the parties are trying to do. Stay in power. And here we have an issue that's about power. It's about motivating bases. It's about getting folks fired up on both sides. But I got to tell you, the lens that I start to look at issues through as I get older, as I follow this stuff closer, is as a dad, as a neighbor, as a citizen. What if, what if that's the way we started talking to our candidates and our elected officials? What if that's the way our candidates and our public officials started thinking about these issues? Who knows what could have been done to stop the terrorist in Evaldi? Or what could have been done to stop Parkland or Sandy Hook or Columbine? But something could be done. Somewhere along the line, multiple, multiple people missed the signs. They missed the opportunity. Whether it's mental health, whether it's buying a gun, whether it is just discouraging and keeping evil out of the discussions. From video games, to public policy, to rap, to white supremacy, to militias, to hatred, to crime and protecting yourself and the right to feel safe. There is probably not an issue more multidimensional than mental health and the Second Amendment and protecting our children and educating our children. So today we're going to talk to two people who live this every day. They lobby on it every day. They are finding a way, even though they are on opposite sides of an issue, to work together. And that's the sign that we all have to hope for. That no matter what our differences, we find ways to work together. Because if we don't, the future is not bright. The future is not optimistic. So as you enjoy this with a cup of coffee or a cold one or however you do this Sunday morning, this holiday weekend, think of what you can do. If you're an insider, if you're a legislator, if you're just a normal citizen or you're a member of the media, how do we find the commonness? 
That's my take this Sunday. We need more commonness. And Blois Olson, when we come back, Rob Dorr from the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus, even he, as a Second Amendment advocate, is trying to find something he can work with those who oppose him on. I'm Blois Olson. Thanks for tuning in. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You're listening to Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. I'm your host, Blaise Olson. You know, the first cup of coffee this Sunday morning is with Rob Dorr. Rob is one of the founders and leaders of the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. And, uh, you know, as I said in the opening take, gun politics are emotional. They are raw. They are personal to many people. uh, And they are constitutional. And when you combine all those things in this political environment, uh, there's two sides, three sides, five sides to these issues. Uh, and Rob represents one of those voices. <clears throat> We've known each other a long time. He's answered some questions for me over the years, but overall, uh, you know, he, he is the voice of gun owners in Minnesota. Rob, thanks for joining me. Uh, thank you. It's good to be here. You know, let's just start with what the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus is, how long you've been around and what your mission is. Yeah, so it's a it's a, a, a bit of a long story. Uh, we initially were uh, formed out of the Minnesota Gun Owners uh, uh, Civil Rights Alliance, which is the organization that was around for a long time that uh, that uh, passed the permit to carry law in Minnesota in 2003, 2005, and uh, among other things. Uh, from there, there was a political action committee created. Uh, and then uh, there was a refocusing of efforts in 2015 that led to the creation of the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. And uh, that's when I uh, came on as the political director. Got it. So <clears throat> I just want to, you know, say in this environment, we're days removed from this tragic school shooting in Texas. Um how do you kind of synthesize feelings, thoughts as a human versus being an advocate? When these things happen, what's your emotional state? Because everybody has some sort of emotional reaction to these issues. Yeah, I, I think you'd have to, it, there would have to be something wrong with you if you didn't have an emotional reaction to, to a tragedy like this. Um, I'm a parent of two school-aged children, and I'm actually, when I'm not, when it's not the legislative session, I do uh, some substitute teaching. Uh, so I'm in, I'm in public schools 
very, very frequently. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, it, it touches you, it, it, it touches you, your heart when you see those things. And my, my first reaction is just to mourn, to, to look at the, look at the individuals and the humans affected and, and try to, uh, try to figure out what they do. I'm also a responder with the red cross. And, uh, so th- that's also in my DNA is to figure out what do these people need right now? There's times for figuring out causes, effects, things like that, but looking at the immediate emergency and the immediate need, what do these people need? And I, I think that's where the, the, the focus should be initially. So let's turn to policy and politics. It's an election year. Um, I was at the Republican State Convention a few weeks ago. Second Amendment rights are, I'd say, a top three or four issue of Republican hardcore activists and delegates that, that are at the convention. And that obviously holds a certain amount of sway over Republican poli- uh, politicians and candidates, including you know, the endorsed candidate for governor, Scott Jensen, who essentially apologized for positions he held while in the legislature and bills that he authored or co-authored or sponsored that your group was fairly critical of. Um, Is this a litmus test issue for Republican politics that there's just no room to move on new laws that either screen or restrict gun ownership? Yeah, um, I think, you know, uh, the Dr. Jensen's issue wasn't necessarily the fact that he sponsored the bills. Uh, it was the fact that he pledged to not support those measures and then went and sponsored the bills. That was the crux of our criticism. I mean, right alongside him was Senator Paul Anderson, who, you know, we, we disagreed with his decision, but at no point did he ever promise you know, gun owners that he, that he was go, not going to support that stuff. So yeah. there's a, there's a little bit of a difference there, but I, to your point, I, I do think that uh, a, a candidate who favors, um, you know, favors strong uh, gun reforms uh, in that, that Democrats are looking for would not make it through any sort of Republican primary or Republican endorsement process. So, um, Legislators this week called for action on gun laws in Minnesota. Congress is debating. This probably moves to a top five or six issue this election year. As is there any opening for a background check? Is there any opening for licensing or screening or registration? And I ask because... You know, one of the things that, you know, Democrats said when conceal and carry was passed was that it was going to be awful, that it was going to be the Wild West, that we were going to be running in the streets. I was at that hearing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that hasn't happened. And in fact, I think, you know, there's there's some room in the middle that says, wow, you know, even with this current crime wave, there's people who uh, own guns now that wouldn't have 10 years ago on and God conceal and carry permits. So, so if moods change and attitudes change, what is the, what is, what is the laws around guns that other states have that Minnesota might look at that you guys could see an opportunity on? Yeah. You know, so I think a a lot of, a lot of talk happens around the background checks. The, the, the fact is this as this past mass shooting, as in with most mass shootings is uh, the individuals acquired the guns legally there, you know, they, they went through a background check. It's, they didn't buy it at a gun shop. 
uh, or a gun show or from a right. back, you know, back alley that they went to the same way that every law abiding gun owner uh, goes through buying their, their guns. So I think um, that, that part of the conversation while, you know, we're always willing to have isn't particularly relevant to the issue issue at hand where I do think there's a lot of room for agreement is um, things around mental health. We've worked with NAMI on things, uh, suicide prevention, things, uh, making sure uh, that individuals know about the safe storage laws, how to securely store their firearms. But something else we've worked on is things like voluntary surrender, uh, where somebody who, if they, uh, if they, identify themselves in a crisis, whether it's with a family member or with a, uh, a therapist or, or something like that, that they have the ability to surrender those firearms to uh, an FFL or to law enforcement with really no you know, no further yeah. infringements on them, or they could also voluntarily uh, apply themselves, uh, add themselves to a prohibited person list to prevent them from acquiring a firearm. So if they do go to a federal licensed dealer to buy a gun, they would fail the background check because they voluntarily added themselves to that list for some period of time. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of common ground around helping the individuals in crisis instead of focusing, focusing specifically on the tool that they use. My guest is Rob Dorr. He's uh, the uh, lobbyist and uh, legislative director for Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. We're talking about the current state of guns in Minnesota, gun laws, uh, gun politics. Rob, I, I got to say, though, one of the challenges, if somebody self-identifies that way, uh, that it, if they're in a mental health crisis or they you know, raise their hand voluntarily, that's one thing. But it's those people around them, maybe even therapists or doctors or, you know, you think of mandatory reporters in child sexual abuse cases or things like that. There, there starts to be kind of this, it takes a village, it takes a village to respond to a crisis. It, it, and it takes a lot of help for people who, you know, have those mental illnesses is there a way that that would be possible, that family members can report? And, and I ask that because I think that there's a, a mental illness, a level of derangement, a level of thinking that uh, is obviously oftentimes very isolated um, amongst these peoples. There's, they've kind of isolated themselves or they're loners. And so the idea that they would voluntarily raise their hand while they're going through this it starts to feel a little unrealistic for for the extreme cases of this. Yes, yeah, and I would agree with that. And you know th- that that branches off into a number of its own issues. That you know the the tremendous lack of mental health uh, resources. Um, uh, the lack of ability to of people to recognize signs to be afraid of and to know what resources to to connect people with, uh, but also is there's a lot of stigma uh, that that gets associated yeah. with that 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 people don't seek the care that they need because they're worried about losing their rights. We we particularly see this with veterans uh, in the VA system where they will forego getting treatment for things like yeah. that PTSD simply because they're worried that they're going to lose 
lose their rights or lose their ability to manage their own affairs or things like that. So that that's breaking down that stigma is something that we're, we're really, really interested in. And I do think that there's a place, even Minnesota law has this 72 hour holds where if law enforcement encounters an individual, that's a danger to themselves or others, they can be placed on a medical hold for up to 72 hours for evaluation. And then, you know, there's other processes that, that, that happen from there. Uh, but I do think that there is room for, for a mechanism to, to help uh, family members with a member of their family who they believe is in, in immediate crisis to connect with law enforcement to address that person. One of the issues we see with things like the red flag law is the red flag law allows an ex parte order. So that's an order that the individual doesn't yep. know is being applied for, doesn't know is about to be served on them. The officers show up, they take the guns, and then they leave. Uh, as if the that somehow that person who was in crisis is no longer in crisis anymore because there's no firearms. We're really, really interested on things that actually help that individual who's in crisis and stop them before they hurt themselves or somebody else. Okay, Rob, let's just get to the raw politics. It's an election year. Yep. There's press conferences, there's voter surveys, there's ads, there's all of these things on both sides of the gun issue. <clears throat> Your website says, you know, help us stop the most extreme gun control Minnesota has ever seen. When there's rhetoric like that in a motion like this week, is the, that kind of just synthesize or crystallize the politics of this issue? That frankly, it's a motivating issue for Republicans to vote on. It's a motivating issue for Democrats to vote on. And people in the middle who are just trying to figure out how to solve some of these problems feel lost. How do you, how do you find some compromise around that? Yeah. uh, To be fair, that's probably something that should get updated on the website. That was in reference to legislation that was uh, entered in uh, earlier this year uh, during the session, not, not necessarily in response to the. Right. No, I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, but you know, the, the, we, uh, we t- we try to always strike that reasonable ground. You know, there, there's groups to the right of us who who call us compromisers simply because we yeah. we entertain things that that uh, that aren't gun control but are things that address public safety. Uh, but I on the on the flip side of that too is within two and a half hours on my phone, uh, I'm signed up for all the you know anti gun lists. There were half a dozen uh, gun control groups. Uh, calling for new gun control measures oh, yeah. and asking for fundraising. Um, yep. So I, 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 the politicization, politi- politicization of this goes both ways. Yep. Um, and, and, and where that part of that is where I get frustrated is there is so much common ground on things that we can agree on uh, with, with how do we address school infrastructure uh, in a way where to make sure that it's safe? How do we address the lack of re- mental health resources in schools, uh, threat assessment teams in schools, greater Minnesota healthcare? I mean, there's a whole lot of things that I think that if, if we sat down and agreed on, but then everybody wants to attach something to it uh, and, yeah. every, you know, and then, it, and then it gets in conference committee and things that had broad bipartisan actually i had a i had a bill co- go through the veterans committee with efforts to help stop uh help prevent veterans and suicide yep uh universal uh support in the committee uh goes got, passes off the floor with broad bipartisan support goes into conference committee and dies yeah it's things like that that gets frustrating because we always want to attach other agenda items to things that there's common ground on no that makes sense and <clears throat> that's not just Gun and mental health, that's every issue at the legislature, which you know and I know and we follow closely. But 
one of those other groups is going to join us next. Rob Dorth, thanks for joining us on Sunday Take. My pleasure. Thanks, boys. I'm Blois Olson. You're listening to Sunday Take when we come back, a representative of Protect Minnesota. They advocate and campaign around stricter gun control laws. We'll talk to them next on Sunday Take. We're back on Sunday Take. I'm your host, Blois Olson. This week, we're talking about gun politics. It's a sad week. It is an emotional week. And it is where if you start to peel away kind of the cable news and the social media, you want to understand how gun politics, gun policy plays out. Uh, we just talked to Rob Dore. Now joining me is Rashmi Senavaretna. Uh, she is with Protect Minnesota. They advocate for stronger gun control laws, gun laws in Minnesota. Uh, thanks for joining me, Rashmi. Just let's start with kind of your week and reflecting. Um, and, you know, you have kids, I have kids. We all have an emotional reaction to these horrific uh, episodes. You know, my moment this week was, you know, regardless of mental health, regardless of anything else, if this was a foreigner who did this on U.S. soil, we would call it a terrorist. And I'm starting to think that you got to start to kind of really um, shine a light on the mentality of people like this and how to stop it. And I think, you know, I obviously follow politics from all sides and uh, as, and you look at it uh, through the lens of protect Minnesota. So just talk about your emotions and your thoughts when you got the news this week and, and as an organization, how you guys reflect and respond. So I will like, in like, so I became a mom seven years ago, and that has shifted how I look at the world, right? Whatever describer you use me, I am first and foremost a mom. Yep. And so last night I, I was tucking in my daughters and I laid with them and there was just this heartbreaking and I'm going to tear up moment of how many mothers don't have that anymore. Yep. And not just in Texas, but in North Minneapolis, in Buffalo, just across the country. And there, it's just a very deep um, sadness, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just, it, and it's a sadness that it's also frustrating that I can't tell my kids are going to be safe. I can't make that promise to them. Right. And it's something that we can, we can change. And I think that's what's so frustrating is that we can change it. And um, we can't even have the conversation without being polarized. I always say being a dad is my favorite and first job. Uh, and so I, I understand that we, we do view these things that we live and work on on a daily basis through that lens. Um, so just talk and, and explain what protect Minnesota is, how long you've been around, how you organize and, and, you know, what you uh, hope to accomplish, hope to accomplish and how you look at 2022. Um, yeah, so, you know, we've been around since the nineties and I will say I took over in 2020. Oh gosh, is it 2022 now? 2021, <laughs> somewhere in there, <laughs> the years kind of blend together. Um, but, uh, we've shifted a little bit, right? We realized, um, while we've never been an anti-gun organization, we realized that Minnesota is a hunting state. Um, mm -hmm. the guns already are out there. Um, people are so uh, protective of them. So how do we meet people where they're at? 
Um, especially after the murder of George Floyd, there was such an increase in um, permits to purchase. Yep. Um, I think like 90% of them were first time gun buyers. Yep. Um, I don't live in North Minneapolis. I'm not black. So I cannot tell someone who lives in that situation with community gun violence. And then they see white supremacists walking down their road. And then they see police who aren't helping them not to get a gun for self-defense, right? I'm not in a position to say that. What I am in a position to say or to help people is how to do it safely. How do you store safely? How do you ensure that you, um, and I don't say this lightly, but the gravity of a gun, right? I think we've desensitized it in the media, but when you have a gun, the only purpose of it is to hurt someone, is to kill them. So how how do we share that message with people Um, who haven't grown up with guns. So we're really, and I'm hoping what we can do in the years ahead is to have conversations, right? Right. Um, There's no middle ground in this, but there has to be, because at the end of the day, kids are dying and they're just, I have to believe in humanity and in our society that the majority of us care about that and we can have those conversations. You know, I think that is part of this show. This is part of my approach at Fluence Media of, you know, even on the most polarizing issues, here's one side, here's the other side. And, and how, where, where is there even in the slimmest Venn diagram of, of commonality and parents is one of those threats. Being a parent is one of those threats because there is nothing we are more protective of than our children uh, and that feeling. So, this is an election year. It was a legislative year. What, what are the two or three things that Protect Minnesota wants to get through, not just communicate about, not just talk about, but let candidates kind of, you know, pledge to or understand uh, around guns in Minnesota? Because you said we're a hunting state. The guns are already out there. The permits to carry have increased. Um Public safety and, and protecting yourself is a genuine issue for people who live in certain parts of the city and the state. So where do you guys come down? I know you're kind of planning for education and knowledge building throughout the campaign. What do you hope to accomplish this election year? So what we've also done at Protect Minnesota is let us looked at statistics, right? Um, 60, so in 2020, 68% of suicides were, or sorry, firearm deaths were suicides. Majority of those were rural Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And so we've been having these conversations and every time there's a mass shooting, we talk about mental health, so that's not really a correlation. But if that is a root cause, then how do we provide more services, especially in rural Minnesota? How do we look at telehealth? How do we look at social workers? How do we increase that? And my my genuine hope is that it's not (laughs) a political issue and that both sides can kind of agree on what that looks like. Um, addressing community gun violence, what we've uh, talked with groups about is how do we introduce or how do we make community gun violence interrupters eligible for health care for Medicaid? Um, because what we're doing is essentially sending them into entirely yep. dangerous situations with zero, um, zero support, right? And again, I, that's, these are things that seem common sense to me. Um, but I've been proven wrong. So <laughs> um, we'll, be, we'll see. And then the other thing that we really need to talk about is there has, goes along with mental health, but there has been an increase in um, suicides with children, high school children, mm-hmm. middle-aged children. Um, we don't have the resources for that, but also 
firearm suicides are committed by um, they use their parents' gun. Yep. And so how do we talk with schools? How do we talk with everyone about just storing their gun? And, you know, we're at a position that we can provide trigger locks, which aren't the best solution, but there's some solution. Yep. Um, but how do we start having these real conversations? We can't ignore the fact that it's happening. And I think as a society, that's kind of our go-to. If we don't pay attention, you know, then we don't feel bad, but it's happening. My guest is Rashmi Senavaretna. She is the executive director of Protect Minnesota. We're talking about gun laws, gun policy, gun politics. You bring up a really kind of important, interesting point. And, and this is where maybe you have research, maybe you have examples we're not uh, this. I'm not a hunter. I've never been a hunter. This isn't a gun house. But even as I, if I, as I thought, if I had a gun, what would it, what would it be for? Why would I have it? It would first and foremost, going back to that being a dad first, like it would have to be like so secure that like maybe I couldn't even get to it if I needed it. Cause you know, it, I mean, so just men- mentally there are, if you are a gun owner, you have, you've either grown up with them or you have a one mentality. If you're not, you have a different mentality. When you talk to parents who are, you know, they have a house that has guns and you're trying to get them to grasp, you know, I feel like these are, I, I don't want to say outlier issues, but we go through a mass shooting like this where, uh, you know, a young adult purchased legally firearms and, you know, and the suicide rate of maybe the parents thought it was secure or they never thought it was. And I I talked to Rob about this too, like the flags and red flags is kind of one of those alarming words, but the flags within a family, the flags within a community, if it takes a village to respond to one of these tragedies, or it takes a family to respond to a suicide, then we got to figure out how not just there's mental health resources, but the, what is the process? How do you a secure the guns and make sure that they, you know, somebody who's not well doesn't get access, but how you actually have the conversation. So they understand you might not think this is an issue, but it's reality. And why would you ever take the risk? Is there any data or sense or ways in which that those conversations become easier to have within a family or within a community? So I approach this from a personal viewpoint. I've been suicidal in the past. Um, I live with depression and anxiety and uh, our family owns guns, right? They are locked in our garage in a key coded safe that honestly, I don't even remember the code to, right? And so um, part of what we're working on too is how do we have these conversations? And you know, what's frustrating is a lot of people will be like, well, if someone wants to commit suicide, they're going to find a way. And yes, that's true. But the gun, the firearm is so fatal. There's no coming back from it. Right. Um, And it it primarily is men who use it. And so we're trying to work with like the VA's issue of time and space. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a couple issues around that or a couple trainings around that. And how do we get that into the arms at like or (laughs) into the hands of like gun shop owners, um, sporting clubs? And it's this there's a training that I can't remember the name of it, but they talk about, we just need to say the word suicide. We need yeah. to, um, as hard as it is, we need to just say it. We need to acknowledge that it exists. Um, I live out by Wyzetta High School and uh, kids have been jumping in front of the train. 
Um, and mm. to me, it's just like, we can't, we just have to talk about this. And then when you talk about education and outreach, it's that we need to mention it. We need to talk about it. Um, not talk about the ways that kids commit suicide, but talk about that this is an issue and we need to train parents on how to look for it. And I, and I get it as a parent, it's I, the pain of it, right. Knowing that your kid's suffering and you can't make it better. Um, but I always go with like, again, it coming as a parent, if I left a gun out and we have guns and my daughter did something to herself, I, and I don't say this lightly, but I'm not sure I would survive that. No, I, I, I hear you, you know, Um, and I think every parent knows that. And so it's just, it's, it's not about your second amendment, right? It's dear God, do you want to live with that level of responsibility? I think you, you raise, you talk about this in a way that, you know, is not the way in which is predictable in this environment, right? So whether it's your keyboard jockeys and social media debating these issues or the politicians who uh, have their talking points, Rashmi, you, you've brought it to a different place where I think a lot of people go and they go because they don't debate these things or they don't talk about these things on a daily basis, but they may vote that way. As we, you know, finalize this part of Sunday Take, Rashmi, um, what resources, how can people get involved? What what do you suggest to people really want to either advocate or speak out on these issues? Um, so you can go on our website. We'll have the new one up on uh, June 1st. And we look at a lot of what we're doing is looking at root causes. Um, yeah. And I really just want to, you know, donate money to our organization or similar organizations. But right now, what we're asking is that people donate money to the families um, in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a GoFundMe that's set up um, that just the past victims have set up, past victims of gun violence have set up to just go directly to the family. Um, we're never going to be an organization that raises money from something like this. It's just, it yeah. just feels gross. Um, but we will give action items. And I just also want people to continue this level of commitment to this issue, right? It just sent, it t- tends to fall off. Yep. Um, and just to continue it and just, and I think, again, I come out as a mom is just, we need to have conversations. We need to meet people where they're at and there isn't, and this applies to both sides, you know, um, some of our supporters and some of Rob's supporters, um, we need to meet in the middle because at the end of the day, um, to me, I can either be right or I can save another child. Makes sense. Rashmi, Senator Retna, thanks for joining me this morning on Sunday Take. Hope you're having a great holiday weekend. Uh, Hope we made you think about some other angle of gun laws, gun policy, gun politics this morning on Sunday Take. Newsletters will be back Tuesday as we honor those who've passed on Memorial Day and rest up. I'm Blois Olson on Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 